Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new podcast, Time Flies, a podcast all about William Golding's novel, The Lord of the Flies. I'm your host, Danny Arditi, and in this series, we will be discussing the technical aspects of the story. Today's episode is called Oink. Our discussion will be centered around the first three chapters of this wordy masterpiece. We'll include a talk about archetypes, metaphors, and a special spotlight on the character Piggy, and much, much more. I'm joined today by three world-renowned novel experts, Cameron Boyles, Madison Jay, and Elizabeth Pack. Welcome, guys. Why don't we start by talking about a summary of the three chapters for our audience? Maddie, take it away. Thanks, Danny. So I'm a huge fan of Golding's, and one of the things that I really love are his introductions. The first chapter, titled The Sound of the Shell, starts off with an introduction to the characters and their surrounding environment. As the audience, we can assume that the characters are stranded on an island due to the fact that they mention a plane that caught fire and how they need to find others. The two main characters that are introduced are Piggy and Ralph. Throughout the beginning of this chapter, their main goal is to find other people who were stranded with them and to explore the island. One of the places where they, end up, where they ended up was the water. They also end up using a conch to call out to see who was with them. We are then introduced to the characters Johnny, Sam, Eric, Simon, and Jack. Some of the things that stood out to my reading was the use of figurative language and the character archetype of Piggy. Both topics we will cover at a later time. That's an excellent perspective, Maddie. Thank you. Next, we will hear from Elizabeth. What is your take on Chapter 2? Chapter 2 is called Fire on the Mountain. This is where most of the characters are introduced, and we learn about the main conflicts of survival. The three explorers, Ralph, Jack, and Simon, have arrived back at the location of their meeting, where everyone is waiting for answers. Ralph, having been voted as the chief, explains their situation to everybody. There are no signs of help to be found, just a group of children with a conch shell in the midst of an island with no grown-ups at all. As their meeting continues, the older boys, supposedly the leaders of his survival mission, explains a general idea of how the children will survive until they get help. The elephant is in the room now, as all the children realize that nobody actually knows where they are. The younger of the children are scared of beasties, while the older ones are, are concerned about survival resources. Ralph, and, Ralph concludes their very first meeting with a plan to begin their survival. They work together to soon start a fire and take their first steps into life without grown-ups. The children find themselves in between fights and arguments, followed with moments of proud excitement as they begin their journey. That's an excellent perspective, Elizabeth. Thank you. Let's move on to Cameron. Cameron, what is your perspective on Chapter 3? Ralph and Simon begin building huts for the younger boys, but Ralph gets irritated because none of the boys are helping. Ralph points out that Jack has been able to do nothing to catch a single pig. But Jack stays optimistic and explains that though they haven't caught a pig, they will be able to be successful in the future. Ralph then continues to worry about the smaller children, many who have nightmares and can't sleep. He tells Jack his concerns, but Jack trying to figure out a way to capture a pig is not interested in Ralph's concerns. Ralph then gets annoyed that Jack and the other boys are refusing to do any work on the huts. 
Ralph comes to the conclusion that Jack and all the other hunt- hunters are using hunting duties as an excuse to not do real work. Jack and Ralph continue to bicker and grow increasingly hostile towards each other. Hoping to regain a sense of camaraderie, they go swimming in a lagoon, but their feelings of mutual dislike stay the same. All right, thanks guys. Now that our three experts have told us all about our focus chapters, let's move on to the real discussion. Each episode, the four of us will be having a sort of Socratic seminar-like conversation where we dig into all of the hidden meanings and the real significance of Golding's novel. Before we start, I would like to give a big shout out to our fake sponsor, the random site where I found the theme music for the podcast, aka YouTube intro music. To start off our chat, I'd like to pose this question. What are some character, setting, or color archetypes that you guys have noticed? What is their significance in the in the actual novel? I'd like to start off with my point by saying that the conch, or seashell, has a very specific color archetype. It was mentioned multiple times that the color of the shell is pink. While Piggy and Ralph's relationship seems quite muddy at first, the exaggeration of the color of the shell being pink may mean that there is a sort of rough friendship blossoming between them early on. Pink is usually the color of love or friendship, as mentioned before, and therefore the exaggeration on the color may mean that they are sort of bonding, even though there are multiple insults being fired back and forth between them. Anyway, let's see what our ex- our experts have to add to this conversation. All right, next I would like to hear from Maddie. What is your take on the different types of archetypes that are present in this novel? So based on your previous um, example of the conch, I thought that rather than also being a color archetype, I thought that it could also come into play with a setting archetype. And I think this because it can also relate to the beachy island scene they're sort of deserted on. And of course, they don't really truly mention this. We kind of have to assume based on like the... um, based on the fact that they, they had a plane crash and they're all by themselves. So we just kind of assume that they're in the different locations of an island that they are in. Um, it also can work as a communication device based on the location that they are in. And it is a sort of improvisation that the characters have to go through since they have no levels of communication and they are all spread out throughout the island. So they have to each individually find each other based on the resources they have on the island. That was a great point, Maddie. An additional archetype I would like to mention is the water archetype. Golding includes a rather often visit to the lagoon on the island with Ralph and Piggy. The water archetype can mean cleansing and even mystery. Relating to the cleansing part of the water archetype, the two characters mentioned often visits the lagoon in a way to cleanse themselves from the current issues they're having. On the mysterious side, I believe we can expect an important plot to take place at the lagoon later on in the story, whether it be a negative interaction between the characters or a positive one. We can also possibly expect the relationship of Piggy and Ralph to develop into a more complicated one throughout their interactions there. Two phenomenal archetypes, Maddie and Elizabeth. The beach, their home base, if you say, is a place where they are staying and always return to. It's where the boys feel the most safe. They are always returning from hunts for pigs 
and started building huts to live to live in. The sea archetype is the mother of life, death, and rebirth. The boys starting a new life. They're trying to maintain and create a suitable lifestyle for their temporary lives to survive. As I previously mentioned, I would like to focus and spotlight on the character Piggy. Piggy represents the obvious character archetype that is called outcast. And this is because the this is because the other inhabitants of the island are making fun of his overall weight and appearance. Also, Piggy seemed to be very self-conscious of this due to the fact that he was made fun of in his past and he was hesitant to tell Ralph what he was actually called. That's an excellent point, Maddie. I think one of the things that the readers may not notice is that Piggy is actually a very important character in this story. While we don't know what the rest of the novel is going to bring for the other characters, we do know that Piggy might be a very strong anchor to hold them down from doing anything stupid or unwise. Another thing that I noticed that makes, that makes Piggy more of a character archetype of the outsider is that he is um, always trying to urge them to do something and to listen to him, but just because of the way he looks, maybe because he isn't as fair or has um, asthma that the other kids like to bully him about, um, he isn't listened to as much because he isn't one of the main people in the group. He's not um, much like um, the other people, such as Ralph. So one of the things that he is really pushing the other kids to do is to listen to him, but the others are pushing him out just because he is more of an outsider, just because of the way he looks. However, he will still be, as I said before, very important in the novel when people start to realize that he has a very clever idea and he can be very useful with the different tasks that he has, such as how they used his specs or his glasses to start the fire um, for, for people to come and rescue them. So that's an excellent point, Maddie. When I was reading this novel, I realized that Goldene could possibly be developing a symbolic archetype of light and darkness. Though it hasn't been long since all the characters have been introduced to us, we can already see characters developing solid personality types that may or may not interfere with each other. As of light, Ralph and Piggy seems to be the current protagonist acting as the leaders that can help the group survive. Piggy, having been bullied since he first met Ralph and the other children, has proved that he's definitely a protagonist type. When it comes to the dark side, we can clearly see that Jack is producing many conflicts throughout the story. He also has many conflicts with other characters and tends to be the core of many arguments and problems. Overall, this can develop the story in two different ways. Things can either take a negative turn due to Jack's antagonist ways, or a positive turn with the help of Ralph and Piggy. Though we don't know how the story will develop in the future, these characters definitely have a significant role in the story development. Yeah, I've totally experienced that as a kid as well. Moving on to a different figurative language I noticed was foreshadow. In chapter three, Ralph was getting very frustrated with everyone around him except for Simon. Foreshadowing that Ralph is going to possibly rebel or be punished for, his, for not contributing to the demands of the other boys. 
we can only wonder where Ralph's perspective can lead him. He had already had a fight with Jack, but what will the other boys think? Will they side with Jack or agree with Ralph and start to contribute in his beliefs of contribution? That's an excellent point, Cameron. I absolutely agree that foreshadowing will play a major role in the rest of this novel, especially because we've only read the first three chapters and there's way more that could be happening. However, I think that there might be some extra foreshadowing that you might not have considered. One of the things that I think could be different in your claim is that Ralph might not be the one who's being pushed out, but instead it could be Jack or any of the other boys who are out hunting or merely playing around. I think that this could be a problem because they are not working to increase their chances of survival, and this could cause some sort of argument between both the main leaders, uh, Jack and Ralph. Another thing that I think might add to your claim about foreshadowing is Piggy's role, who we said we were going to spotlight today. I think that Piggy's role is very important because he will still be bullied and he will still be a major part of the group and influencing the different decisions that they make for their survival in the future. Overall, this podcast has, uh, this episode has basically shown a lot of stuff while we only know the first three chapters of the novel. The main things that we went over were the summaries of chapter one, two, and three. Then we also went over different types of archetypes and how they affect each other and how the different characters, settings, objects, and colors all are part of the different types of archetypes that are seen in this novel. We also went over figurative language, the concept that Elizabeth mentioned of light versus dark and how that will influence the relationships that the characters have and the different ways that they interact with each other and how their chances of survival will either increase or decrease. Finally, we talked more about figurative language, such as foreshadowing, and how that will play a part in the audience's mind and how we see the rest of the story. Overall, we want to take away that there is still much more that we don't know, but by analyzing these three chapters, we know that there is still a lot of deeper hidden meanings behind William Golding's work. So we will continue to analyze all of these and we will save the rest of the chapters for more episodes to come. I would like to give a special shout out to our three experts for having an amazing conversation with us today. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode of Time Flies. We hope you've enjoyed talking about Lord of the Flies with us and listening to all of the things that our experts had to say. We hope you'll join us next week for the next few chapters and an all-new discussion with our experts. One more big shout out to our sponsors for providing the excellent intro and outro music. See you next time. And remember, time always flies when you're reading a good book. <laughs>